The goal of the Salumas podcast is simple. Take a candid, objective, and often comedic approach to the human condition. In keeping with this, the use of expletives, crude humor, and references to harsh realities are commonplace. If you find any of this to be offensive, please throw your listening device in the trash. If not, enjoy the show. So the Salumas Podcast this is Kalu. This is Chris. And today we are extremely excited to have a return guest who uh, really challenges contributor. Chris and I. A contributor. Yeah. yeah, a contributor for Thanks. real. That uh, challenges Chris and I to, to really think. And that is... Mark Twain Marcello's here. Yeah, so we're really excited for this one. Uh, this episode, we're essentially wanting to start a series called uh, Down the Rabbit Hole. And... Uh, it's going to be one of those episodes where we're essentially just doing a lot of thinking and reflecting, and we don't really know what the subject is going to be on, uh, but we're just going to delve deeply into something because it's. I think it's just a mental enter- exercise that people just need to do. Uh, well, and I feel like we oftentimes find ourselves going down the rabbit hole naturally, and then for the sake of adhering to the topic... Yeah, we, we have to be like, yo, out. yo, let's pull yeah. out. Let, let's yeah. before we hit the ground on yeah. this. Yeah, so we're going all the way in, and uh, who, who cares what happens? Hopefully, some good content. So, uh, Mark, we were we were talking about a couple things before we started recording, and if you don't care, let's go ahead and frame it up, and then we'll just start bouncing ideas and thoughts. I, back I think and forth. I think before we started recording, we were, we were talking about. Uh, I was talking about. Um, relationships not for not because i want to talk about relationships it's kind of boring but i was talking about something interesting that that one of one of my favorite contemporary philosophers mentioned about how relationships are a mechanism for for seeing yourself mm-hmm. well, there's no better mechanism in fact and i don't know for what reason but i've been i've been feeling like that a lot lately just because of uh, challenges and stuff i quite enjoy the chaos of life like when things go wrong or things are not going my way, I kind of, I don't know, I kind of get better when that's happening. There's no other way to yeah, train yeah. yourself, yeah, in my I, opinion. I, yeah, I guess. It's like saying so, training yeah. or some shit like that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You got to fight all the so, time so and I, then you get I, stronger. I, or yeah. you stagnate. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't mind it, but I do, I, I am still somehow surprised. I guess that's this equivalent sensation of of realizing something about yourself or about your environment or your life in that moment. So. Maybe surprise isn't the right word, but I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I just bought a house, and I don't know how to feel about it. <laughs> but I'm real curious how many things it it makes it gives me to think about um, based off the relationships I have and the way people respond to you. Oh yeah, and the way the process of buying a stupid house is. Yeah. So I don't know. What do they say? I own a piece of the rock now. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Well, and and yeah. there in that simple ass statement, there's a lot of implications to that. Like yeah. owning a piece of the rock, you motherfucker. We don't own shit. Yeah, yeah we, we, yeah. we, don't we own just long term renting some shit yeah. for real. Yeah, that's true. I think uh, what one of the things you had just said was uh, essentially talking about all the things you're pretty much now responsible for now that you have a house. 
uh, one of the things that made life a lot easier for me. Um, but it also is a constant reminder of how incapable I am is that I have a home warranty, right? And so anytime that I don't think of things anymore in terms, I don't think of things that break in my house anymore in terms of how can I fix it? It's more of like, what are the stipulations of your home warranty? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) That's how it goes. So I'm just like, Oh, I just pay 75 bucks. That's my deductible. And someone's going to come out here and fix it. You're not being an active participant. Exactly. And so it's, it started happening. Like I've had my refrigerator mess up like three different times. Right. And it's happened now that the company is thinking about like uh, replacing the refrigerator, right? And so when when I would hear like the compressor is going out or something, right? And so when it starts to overheat, it makes this really loud grinding noise, you know. And you can hear this fan spinning up, and it's like it just sounds like that, you know. Yeah. And so I looked up the part on the internet, and I was like, this can be replaced. But I just don't want to because I pay a fee to have someone else come and do well, it. And, and I'm then, on their time now. Well, and there's, there's the possibility a lot of stuff, um, and, and legislatively, there's been debate regarding our right as consumers to fix, and the oh. utility of the consumer to fix and alter certain technology. Mm. Because yeah. there is legislation in place where you will void a warranty yeah. when you've done... Everything exactly by the book yeah. correctly, aside having from someone having someone else go and do it. Absolutely. Yeah. And so one of the things that you had said, you know, uh, uh, Chris, when you were saying being an active participant is like, I talk about ownership all the time. And you, usually if there's something that's messed up, I try to think of or research how it can be fixed. But since having a home warranty, I'm just like, I just throw my hands up, pay a deductible, and someone comes out there and and just does it. And to me, the closest thing that I can think of is it causes me anxiety. Like, I I drive the little X3 BMW. In theory, if I had a, like, a 1989 Nissan hardbody, I can look up the schematics and everything Mm -hmm. online, and it is simple enough that I can make reasonable alterations to a vehicle like that Mm. there's nothing it's so convoluted (laughs) you have to pull the engine out to do x y and z all of that kind of stuff and i will tell you that that facilitates latent anxiety on my behalf and it makes me subtly long for having something simple that i can really wrap my head around and i think that translates to not just my fucking vehicle but everything conceptually that we own so to speak yeah and yeah, it's gonna man. it's gonna turn to the relate like people yeah. in relationships when they're you yeah. know they start to think of how much simpler life was yes when they weren't in one bro <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah that's interesting I, again I wasn't I, yeah I didn't expect it to but the the car the car situation is is very similar to how I've been feeling I've had some other sources of anxiety lately that are just work related but I kind of see those coming and those yeah. things are my, my decision but. I didn't get all bent out of shape about going through the house purchasing uh, scenario, but I felt the same way as you as you mentioned about the car, Chris. Because I can't help but think it could just be me being inadequate or getting. But I can't help but think, but man, they seem to have thought of everything, every degree of control and manipulation yeah. is, is there. And I was playing this game, and I thought, wow, isn't this hundreds of thousands of dollars? It's more money than I'll ever have in my hand, likely in yeah. my life. 
and isn't enough enough? Like, what yeah. are you? Why are you squeezing me for this? Like, I I got it down to where I could tell that the the main private mortgage broker it was this number he was after. Yeah. Maybe it was his part of the deal. Maybe yeah. it was his cut. The way that it works, but, they get like usually per, what they call yeah. percentage points, right? Yeah. So it's for a lot of companies, it's like for mortgage people, it's like uh, 1.25% of the yeah. loan. So he probably is, was looking for a number because he probably had some shit that he wanted to buy. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> it certainly felt like that. And um, my ego's big as this town. And I'm like, you're not, you can't outthink me. If I see you moving, and I'm going to become interested in that now. Now yeah. I'm just like, what is it? How important is it to you? So I kept buying down whatever. He would shift it around and, yeah. and, and send me another loan answer. And I'm like laughing and email like, dude, why'd you move the number from over here yeah. to over here? Like, why's it got to be there? I want it all going away. Yeah. And, you know, they would give these amazing, uh, mathematical rationalizations why that was a bad decision and i would just like look like a puzzled dog like how do you you think you got like does this work on anybody yeah like I, who yes. cares it does it most people does. yeah i'm, I'm like most people. It, it, all that matters is what matters to me yeah. i want this number to be this why how do you even got the like the confidence to think you could and it was amazing the motherfucker still got me he got down to a small little window of time and he sent me back uh, a loan estimate uh, that I needed to sign because it's something changes when you're in the 30 day window. It yeah. gets a little bit different. And um, and I had paid off the PMI. I was like, I'll buy it off. Yeah. It's cool. I want to see that number not on the monthly, you know. Mm-hmm. And he got that back on her some kind of way but didn't mention. He just gave it back and the other number I was going for were it was really interesting. He was avoiding me and I got with this other mortgage company. Then it really started. When I locked in with someone else, then it started like going back Don't and forth. Don't you like when people fight for you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it like, feels good. God, stop it. Like, oh. Stop it, guys. This is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was forwarding emails. It was, uh, it was uh, Insight Loans, Better Mortgage, and then the private people yeah. in Tennessee that I'm, I'm buying from. And all of that was t- to say that I couldn't believe the amount of sophistication in what seemed like a subversive series of actions yeah you know and i was like it does not make it seem like something you want to do if you got to go through this effort people want houses mm-hmm. people want a place to live like why is there so much deception in this this is crazy and i could i could see every moving part once i got i, I learned more and more you know once i yeah. once i learned what those numbers meant and um why do you call it a rate, and then over here you call it this something else. You call it APR rhetoric. And then then yeah. you have this other number. Like, why don't you just tell me that all these numbers is what I have to come up with? It's no way that can't be uh, for subversive. Well, oh yeah, in that and that's I what it was interesting, and that's what I. It makes me think. Well, it it makes it abundantly clear to me that there is always going to be an active bid. Mm-hmm. To get us lost in the sauce, so somebody can exploit us, and yeah. I, you know, yes. air quotes, exploit us, mm-hmm. because exploitation is a subjective thing, and if you look at it through more of an abstract lens, like we're talking about, we're all fucking exploited, yeah. which which makes yeah. me and we all exploit other people, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just in our nature to do that kind yeah. of stuff, manipulation, exploitation, whatever. But it does also it makes me a little bit more. Uh, I guess sympathetic, mm-hmm. which is not something that's not one of my strong yeah. suits is being sympathetic towards you espousing more um, 
libertarian viewpoints because a libertarian social structure is a simplified social structure. Yes. And the problem with a more socialistic structure is there's a lot more... When you have 18 people from point A to point B versus just yourself, think about what is the concept when you tell somebody a story and then they pass it on and the more it gets changed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The same thing happens with your fucking livelihood as well. So when you got 18 people that are, that are in the soup, you know, I'm going to add a little bit of this or I'm going to take a little bit of this away and you got You got to pay your dues here. You got to pay your dues there. You do get overwhelmed. And I think that's part of the equation. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of, uh, a reason not to complain so much. Remember when Chappelle was talking about that? Like how insane the pressure is unimaginable when you when you're everyone's paycheck. Mm. Like the matter. Oh like, yeah. Remember yeah. he had that deal where he had to walk away for a little while. It got mm-hmm. crazy. He yeah. didn't like what they were asking of him, and there was lots of millions of dollars on the table. But that that's a good example when between your talent and your utterances is all these many people's livelihood. It gets insanely complicated. It gets really crazy, and yeah, it could come down to absurdities like. Put on a dress, you yeah. know, because it, means, it yeah. means tens of millions of more dollars. Yeah. For and then it makes sense when you think about it that way. I like I like the perspective you, you're giving, Chris, because it it makes it. Um, I also wonder it makes it make more sense. I also wonder. I got this sort of eighty five percenter, I philosophy I like mm-hmm. to play around with that maybe this is in some natural order way the result of not being fully accountable like this is that's what you get if you're not going to live in the woods and build a log cabin Mm -hmm. or something you're going to work it for corporation and you're going to be amongst other people who are also less than capable of being that independent yeah then these are the results of it and i wish somehow i could keep that at the front of my mind because the idealism uh, I'll catch myself off guard. You know, you walk. I walk down an avenue of idealism for a little while, and then I'll get hit with something like, "Wow, it's this simple." You know, people are this simple. I'm I'm tying this into all the things that have been going on lately yeah. um, at, at work and and. Um, sure. Would you Would you want it simple though? Like th- because going on what you were talking about with like mortgages, right? Yeah. There are those companies that have you know like Rocket Mortgage, or like it's easy. There's this here, but if you're naturally mm-hmm like inquisitive borderline distrusting mm-hmm. of other people that are going to be in control of things like your money or your life or something like that. Would you really want it to be that simple where they're just like, Oh, here's a number and that's it. I don't because know. they make it very easy for you to be like, boom, 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 sign done. Hey, here's the thing. You don't worry about all the other stuff. I would rather know all those little details really? and go through all that well, stuff. And, because- and in theory, that allows more room for you to step in exactly. and manipulate the process. Exactly. Like you can, in theory, again, yeah. because if it's if it's so simple, then it's more rigid. It's yes, yes. So that's why I I prefer the way that you were sort of talking that you didn't really care for, but. That there are a lot of people out there that would rather mm-hmm. have it super simple, but I get scared. It's all about that fine print, you know what I mean? Yeah. I and I think that developed from me working in telecom. You know, when when I see people agreeing to things, and I'm like, you didn't read all that, right? You know what I mean, you're just right. like, well, okay. And, and it's like with anything, and you know, we we've done a good job of kind of getting away from using analogies related to weightlifting or training a whole lot, Mm -hmm. but you don't, 
skip halfway up to, you know, you don't start at square one and start bench pressing 300 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. You build your fundamentals, you build your core, you build your stabilizers, mm-hmm. and you work up incrementally. Why wouldn't you do that for motherfucking anything? Yeah. And, yeah. We, and and in our society, we very much start at step... Seven. Yeah, we do. We start they at step seven. They make it easy to start at step seven. And, and yeah. we're lost. Yeah. They put us at step seven, and it makes the bottom... Fo- like, it makes it for a much more precarious social system. And And I know that I've discussed this before, but... The sociological concepts of mechanical solidarity versus organic solidarity with a mechanical solidarity system, each one of us is a fully functioning, capable entity that knows the basics about all kinds of different shit. We know the basics of first aid, medicine, nutrition, uh, agriculture, all that kind of shit. Each person is a renaissance man or woman. That's a me- that's a mechanical solidarity system. Yeah. It's like gears running against one another. If a gear breaks, the overreaching mechanism or the system isn't going to die. You can replace a gear and get it running again. In a organic solidarity system, we're viewed as organs mm-hmm. in this system. But if the heart fails... The rest of it fails because the heart is specialized and it's very much dependent upon the function of everything else in the system. Mm, So when we have people that are super specialized and super dependent upon one another for all the underlying utility, it makes for a much more precarious system and it lightweight holds people hostage. You are beholden to those around you as opposed to having your own personal utility. Yeah. Again, wow. that's going on. That that makes it easy. You're you're essentially explaining the 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 trouble, if you will, that I have internally by having this home warranty. And and I'm I'm I don't know if I'm. I guess I am putting make putting myself hostage because you lock yourself into a contract. So for three years, I am incapable. Right? I have to rely on someone else to. Do something. I'm on someone else's time schedule. I have to wait for this, that, and the other. I I have to. They're they're. They told me yesterday, they aren't going to be able to look at my fridge until the 25th, like the 25th of this month. So for, you know, 10 days, I'm going to be sitting there with a halfway working fridge. First world problem. I know. But if I had, if I didn't just go to step seven and just be like, oh. I'll just pay someone to handle all this stuff. If I started at step one, how does a refrigerator work? What do I need to do to do all these other things? I wouldn't be worrying about this other shit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I would just know. I would just be like, oh, just go and buy this well, part and go and, and take and care of it. And every step of the way, there's something that's deliberately put in there in order to make you beholden to the overreaching yeah, system. Man. Yeah, man. And I'm so interested in that as of, as of late. I'm so interested in that. You guys have really... It really, I like spelled spelled it out. I'm interested in if where that threshold is. Yeah, you know when you cross over, it seems like there is, but maybe there isn't. But um, you start to notice it, and there's been a few things uh, going on lately that just I don't know. They all speak to that same that same reality. Like, hmm, what? I'm starting to get it, you know. And I, I wonder if I could have known this earlier. You know, I don't I don't know that my perspective on the mortgage process and that stuff is the right one. I'm I would rather be self-reliant to you know I'd, I'd rather know and understand the details of, I, of processes where it's beneficial for me as, as well but I'm, I'm just uh fascinated by how sophisticated 
exploitation can get. Or oh, how, yeah. I'm just sometimes I'm just like, wow, man, you could give, just say this is what it costs. Just say this is what it costs. And we're lightweight and thankful it. for our exploitation. The, yeah. the, the different yeah. brands that we have, we're like, yeah. it, it's got a smile attached to it, and mm-hmm. it seems like we're getting something good. But yeah. like, you was it's talking about APR and shit like that. Yeah. yeah. Some people show up to those uh, buy here, pay here places. Yeah. yeah. And they finance a vehicle, and you end up paying motherfucking $25,000 for a vehicle that's worth $8,000 over the course of... A little money will make you just think that you're Mm -hmm. invincible. You know what I'm saying? It it just makes you not give a shit about things. I'm telling you, the more money I've made in my life, the less capable I feel. I have more buying power. I feel capable in terms of buying power. But I'm buying my ability to... I'm essentially buying... What's the... What's the term? I'm buying the the ability to not have to learn or to not have to grow because I'll oh, just yeah, feel like someone else yeah. will do it's it. It's a luxury. You're, it's you're a luxury, purchasing the luxury of not having to concern yourself yes, with it. Yes, that's, that's exactly right. what it is. But when shit hits the fan, if I go broke, I'm fucking dead in the water. I've said it a million times. Oh, yeah. that's, that's why I say I try to make sure I make friends with everyone. Well, because yeah. when shit goes bad, I'm going to be like, uh, can you help me with this? Yes. Well, and, I, and I won't lie, like I'm comfortable. But mm-hmm. you know, I just got back from Florida. I yeah. spent a fuckload of money in Florida. Paid rent, but right before I left, so mm-hmm. I was running on fumes when I yeah. got back. Still handle business, but when you're eating peanut butter and crackers, and you know how I cook, mm-hmm. like yeah, the lamb like, and yeah. shit. <laughs> when you're eating peanut butter and crackers, it's not as though you sit there and you're like, "Man, I fucked up." I <laughs> not, or it, at least I don't. I sit there and I'm like, "This really puts shit in perspective for me." Like. Yeah. I could legit live off of way less than yeah. I fucking do. Like my <laughs> opulence knows no bounds when yeah, I got dude, a paycheck in my head. Yeah, that's right. But when you got to, yeah, and like you absolutely. were talking about, uh, stress, you kind of like the stress. Yeah, it's stimulating as yeah. fuck. Like yeah. that struggle that I experience, that little those two days, three days where I'm eating peanut butter and crackers. Yeah, man, it facilitates a lot of thinking. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I think I think. Um, yeah, the, uh, some sort of deliberate as- asceticism is is gonna be start to sh- be more uh, prevalent with uh, young young adults because that seems like what's necessary to to find that that balance. You know, you it's good for you when you have peanut butter sandwiches and stuff for a while, but it's also a little much easier to be distracted right now and um you have to find yourself there accidentally you know mm. like i don't want to indulge or consume myself into that realization yeah and like you know and then it hits me over the head and i'm like wow i couldn't have done this you know i'm all, it makes it makes me want to plan my own neighborhood man i feel like i can <laughs> do every bit of it better the, yeah you know it makes me i run into at work i'm like I know I can do this. Yeah. Like, why is this guy it's just keeps texting me? Don't forget to water your side. Don't forget to water your side. <laughs> you know, because it it's yeah. When it's new, it's hard to keep it alive. And I'm like, all right. Oh, you you got, bought a brand new house. They like, built it. They, oh yeah, God, yeah, yeah it's it, gonna all be all that all that mess. So yeah, you're um, gonna have yeah, a little starter home, but it's built and a little yeah. customized, so it's kind of cool, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's on a slab, so yeah. it's like nah. But uh, it, it's cool. I'll be able to sell it to some family or something. Yeah. There's a middle school getting built yeah. right. But that's, oh, God. That's the oh, play. That's yeah. the joy I made. Hey, that was a play money. right yeah, there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Play. And the yeah. number one um, school county in Tennessee. Yeah. Well, they go back and forth, Wilson and Williamson, but they're yeah. equally awesome. So in Mount Julia, that's the play I'm looking for. Yeah. Two months. 
22 months I'm putting it on the market. As okay. soon as, I think it takes two years to you, avoid capital gains yeah, taxes. Yeah. I'm putting it on the market 30 no, days before dude, two it, years. It, it, it's funny because you, when we were looking for houses before we bought this one, yeah. there were houses selling in like three hours with them being, like they were getting wow. offers three hours upon getting, uh, Wow. when they put it on the market. Yeah. Like when a new school gets put up, dude, like you already have to have bought another place, like dead serious, it's or that, have it's if that, that it's, it's that, that hot, yeah. That's especially good. if that school's doing really well. Like That's good. it'll be done about a year into yeah. my residence, so it'll be perfect. Yeah. So maybe it'll still be buzzing because um, it will. Uh, good schools are freaking hard to find. Enjoy the money That's bags. It. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I'm afraid I might do that thing where I put too much value in the house because um. I just got it all customized. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to get this back. I don't want to make yeah. that. Like that, value that like, doesn't translate into somebody yes. else's like. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that, about I, that I would be able to do that. I don't want to talk about mortgages and stuff. No, but yeah, but I don't know that it's possible. I can't ask for everything I put into it, but I can't help but put into it because I'm handy. I'll fix stuff. I have rough ends for ceiling fans everywhere, but no ceiling fans. You know what I mean? I'm going <laughs> to yeah. build like a outside living room who's gonna pay for that shit who's gonna pay for that you know what I mean like I don't wanna play myself but there's a chance I might (laughs) and and you might be thinking the same thing Uh I am there's something to be said there I think about you are pouring personal value and personal utility into your own house and it's genuine value you're spending quantifiable capital and pouring it into your house but then the subjective interpretation of the buyer and the utility that's associated with that like they may not the aesthetics that you've put into that, yeah. Unless it's the exact right person, it's not going to translate into the the oh, market. Absolutely. So yeah. So absolutely. let's talk about just putting too much value in things in general. All right. So I mean, yeah. I, you can subjective we, personal value, right? Yeah. 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 So absolutely subjective man. personal value. Yeah. Like, what are some things that you guys have that you know you put way too much value in? And you know, no one gives a shit about. And when you talk about the value that whatever you have has, and like, how does it or does it Mess you up when someone's like, yeah, it doesn't mean shit. Well, like, you know what I'm saying? I, I will say, all right, I'm very involved in the Pitbull community, yeah. like, globally. Like, I'm connected How to all these How hard when people are just like, oh, it's a cool dog? <laughs> well, it, it, it it's par for the course. Yeah. And I have people ask me, uh, oh, that's a, that's a cute dog. Does it have Pitbull in it? When I have <laughs> a heavy skull scream rom Eli, Boudreaux yeah. Eli, American Pitbull Terry. <laughs> yeah. And that sounds like motherfucking Greek to most people. Yeah. But that's somebody yeah. in the Pitbull community, that's a descriptor that's associated with a very specific yeah. bloodline yeah. that has history associated with it. And mm-hmm. I know all the people all the, all the people that went into breeding and creating this animal. And it's lightweight, like you're tapped into something as a result of it. Yeah. But when I talk to somebody else, they're like, Oh yeah, like does it have Pitbull in it? And it is, it's a <laughs> that fresh. That lab looks cute, man. So yeah. You have, like Pitbull the... lab mix. And you're like, you motherfucker. And then they come to me with their shit. They're like, they're like, yeah, I've got two pits. I've got a, what did they, this bitch said, uh, <laughs> I've got a, a, a Hawaiian red nose. Uh-huh. And then some said gator mouth. If it was yeah. the other one. I don't know if y'all know this, but neither one of those things exists. Like, those are made-up <laughs> fucking terms. And she was like, I spent $2,000 on this one. And I'm like, yo, I got the real deal Holyfield for way less than that. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it makes me, as a part of the in-group, mm-hmm. 
it makes me less prone to even give a fuck about what outgroup thinks. It makes me just hold on to it and appreciate it and feel like, okay, well, I'm part of this community. I'm unique in this knowledge. I have to be satisfied in my own personal efficacy when it comes to like interacting with people in the community, in the Pitbull community and my dog. I have to understand that the value that I've assigned to this dog comes down to me and how that translates to that smaller community. Yeah. Mm. Because outside of that, it's outside of that little community, like you were saying, like what are stuff like you ride bikes now? Yeah. And I put so much value in my bikes and no one they're like, oh cool bike. I'm like, motherfucker, this yeah. is a machine. Yeah. And this they're like, <laughs> any opportunity that I see, and I, I appreciate that the, there's a lot that goes into it. Like yeah. it is a hell of a machine, but I still even like to terrorize and be like, yo, when you gonna put some like beads on your spokes, bitch. Like <laughs> Yeah. And and I'm sitting here talking about bleeding my hydraulic brakes and people are just like <laughs> But but Why? I think that brings up something too. People enjoy sometimes they they waller in the notion that they're not a part of that convolution yeah they they want to actively be like oh like people that didn't watch game of thrones they want to shit on everyone who didn't watch game of thrones well well, well they I feel wanna, like they want to be in it and so instead of just saying hey can i just go watch it they're like fuck game of thrones well the, yeah that's the the same the phenomena of people being like yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch Game of Thrones and wearing it like it's a badge, badge of, of courage. Honor, yeah. Dude. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. When there's nothing, and I think that happens with goddamn everything. People, yes. and and that's at the root of anti-intellectualism. Like at yes. the very least, like it shows a lack of respect for that individual. Even like at the very least, if somebody's geed up about something, at least respect them. You yeah. don't have to feed into yeah. and and learn all about their shit. I've but been, I've been on that side. I had to think about it a minute, uh, like examples of mm-hmm. stuff. What do I have that I feel like that about? But what I realized, I think, is a lot of my interests have been since I was a kid have been treated that way, just because I have older brothers and that kind they of terrorize you probably. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think I got over it really, really early and kind of learned to enjoy it, you know. And uh, but one thing that happens is when I'm have enthusiasm about something, I I chalk this up to the responsibility of, of, of curating your environment, which I don't always do as well as I should. But that's when a good I'm, term. That's a really I'm, good term. When, when I'm around people who are like that and they don't have the, or the or they don't they don't respond well to the depth of interest I have, and so you end up. I have a bad habit of capitulating, and I don't like it. But I, I'll like turn down a little bit, mm-hmm. and then when it comes back around, it seems like I'm being a superficial or whatever. By pretending, but I'm into a lot of stuff. Yeah, you know. Mm. And an example example of, of that is uh, I got probably two or three people into these. Like, <laughs> like, I, I get into those mechanical keyboard and stuff. A lot yeah. of people do, but the amount of customization it's it's um, it's amazing. So when I get the older generation and come up to me and they're like, "What's up, Rainbow or COVID? Yeah, What's yeah. going on? I, I, you know, I, I am, like, are you I, gay boy? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Why you got that rainbow yeah. on your keyboard? But I tell I tell um, everyone. I end up developing ways to kind of, you know, com- combat it so that, so that they can, um, so that I can like, you know, fight them back about it, just for fun. Cause I really don't care. I've already learned how to just, you know, not everybody's going to be into everything. Like yeah. not everybody's going to be into, uh, mountain bikes, uh, bikes. So. but but when I want to hit them hard and you, you always tease me about this, I used to do it online, but I, I would say to people, what do you love? 
I'm yeah. like, what are you interested in? They Don't can you never. Have, do you yeah. have nothing you feel this way about? Yeah. Like, and they'll start to see them saying, like, you've got a problem. You don't have anything that's like completely meaningless, but it's just your thing, even if it's corny music or something yeah. like that. And people kind of, and in that same way, I've got probably two or three people yeah, mechanical keyboards because they would be like, um, "Well, I got I got the Dell that my work gift from me, and they paid for it, and it, it costs about six bucks. Six bucks in this keyboard." And I was like, "Yeah, I touch this keyboard more than I do my wife. It's, it's going <laughs> to yeah. be exactly the be, one I yeah. want it to be. Like, yeah. so what? What's your?" What's just you? We're here more than we are with our families. Yeah. Yeah. I got three badass monitors and a spaceship of a computer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting here 14 hours a day sometimes. Like, yeah. It ain't even up for discussion. But if you want to discuss it, you're going to walk away feeling like, damn, I'm mm-hmm. a I'm a goofball. So sometimes I, I play that card yeah. just yeah. to be an asshole. It's good too, but, though. Uh, but I uh, think people need yeah. to be passionate about something. Like I used to, yeah. I used to shit on people a lot for uh, for playing Pokemon Go. Right. Oh. Oh, like yeah. when I would see people like at the park, like walking around, like y'all are some goddamn zombies or something like yeah, that with too. a phone, and I'm just I like, too. you're gonna get killed trying Yo, to chase look, this Charizard. I, I, you make, know I make fun of people wearing skinny jeans. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I and, make fun and, of hipsters and, and, all and the time. The, I make fun of hipsters, and they better be glad I can't grow a ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't take it. That's the problem. Is I don't take it too. I don't take it so seriously that I'm taking myself seriously. Yeah, you know, I yeah. know it's it's all ridiculous. So I think it's cool that that human beings can, you know, we can have that dimension to our to our lives. Yeah, you know? yeah. there's a guy that um man, I hope they never listen to this. There's a guy uh, that that rides a unicycle. Yeah, and it's fly big, like it's like this big, big battery powered thing. And it it dips. And he comes in and gets out the elevator and it beeps. It's like, beep, beep. It's like, man, I don't know why it does that. I don't yeah. know if he's putting it in park mode or something. He comes into the office and puts it on his desk. Cool kid. Really looking forward to uh, working with him. He just started about a few months ago. But um, I caught that I caught that motherfucker getting out of his car one day. <laughs> I was parking and, and he was parking. And I, I, and I was like, uh, you know, going into the building. I was like, hmm, there's so-and-so. But then I get in and sit down. I come in kind of early, and he comes in a few minutes later, and he's got the unicycle. You're like, dog, dog comes into the office. I was like, hey, what's going on yeah. here? You like, is that like a conversation starter? Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. and, and he's young enough to be from that very socially awkward. You would hurt him if you said but, if you but, asked that. Yeah, I, no, I would never. I, I do it, <laughs> but I was like, hey, um, I wonder, you know, did dog drive into downtown? Yeah, then pull, you know. Because he usually gets, he takes the train in, yeah. and he gets on that thing, and you know, do a little ten minute drive to the office from downtown. And um, anyway, it's just everybody's got something they can be like that about. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's, I, I enjoy when there's people who've got that much depth in the thing. Some of them I can't stand. You know what yeah. I can't stand? What's that? I can't stand speakers and amps and stuff. I, I used to be able to, but I just, I, I'm just not a fan. Anymore. I don't know. I think it's because my best friend. I used to have to wait. While he did that all Saturday afternoon to make money, it was just mm-hmm. one of his ways to make money. When we were kids, and I'd be yeah. like wanting to run and play bikes, and he would just be like, he would hook up speakers for people, and it was always the older dudes that had a little money, yeah, but they want their stuff perfect. And I'd yeah. be like, how? You mean to tell me that that bass sounded differently than just five minutes ago? I mean, let's go. Yeah, but I don't know why. For some reason, that's one of the dis- enthusiasms I can't. I, can't stand it, oh, noisy. And, and I think <laughs> tedium in any kind of tedium, yeah, 
whether we like it or not, is a stressor, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. if it's tedium that we undertake, something that we're really good at. Yeah. Like, our yeah. whole homeboy Adam Southall that makes those dope handmade boards and stuff. Buying a, one. A buying one for you. <laughs> oh, man. And it's, it's a tedious undertaking. It's meticulous. Yep. That facilitates stress, but productive stress. So, yeah. tedium that we don't understand or have no desire to understand. I think it's a natural biological function for our psychology to be like, get that shit out of my motherfucking face. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. like, that's <laughs> literally my, my wife, she's into like the moon rocks and stuff like that. Oh and yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like so, healing crystals. And yeah. Shit yeah. Like so it. when I come in and I'm just like, why the fuck does it smell like sage again? <laughs> you know what I'm, I'm like, why is she yeah. burning this? Like yeah. what's going on? We're talking about. And so I would think in my head, I'd be like, okay, you hate church. You think religion's bullshit, but you're just like, I got to yeah. heal the spirits by doing this. <laughs> right. It's like, this oh, is the man, biggest so fucking contradiction I've ever seen, you know? Yeah. But it's it's like, over time, I have um, just grown to be like, that's her thing. Like, that's what she places value in. And even times, I, I would still just be like, especially when, before she started working, right? We were one income. So I'm just sitting here just like, how much... Of- this goddamn money has gone towards this rock. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. how much has gone towards like this sage or this thing or whatever? And then, and and then on top of that, you know, when when you couple that with people talking about horoscopes and stuff, we've said it before. Like, I don't think when you were born and and what position the moon was is an excuse for shitty behavior. I just don't think it is. I think there's always room to improve. There's always room to grow, and you can't just be like. Well, no, until because I am a huh. Until you talk, to uh, me. yeah. You listen. I tr- I, I, I sit lo- there and tell. I love that shit. No, I know you do. <laughs> I tell my wife. I'd be like, she'll say someone's a Pisces. I'm like, they're fucking lazy. <laughs> That's what I, say. I say when shit goes when shit goes bad. All they do is just sit around and think and don't try to get something. Mark is over here shaking. He's like, yep, yeah, yep. That's, it's that's me. like I just I don't get it. I just. Like, yeah. if there's something wrong, just go do it. But then again, that's pe- what people place value in. That's what they like. Okay, I get what, it. What, um, what, what car is that I saw you pull up in? That's my wife's car. Oh, okay, I didn't recognize it. What kind, What is it? It's a Ford Taurus. How do you know? How do I? What? How do you know it's a Ford Taurus? Oh, I paid for it. I, I just, you paid for it? Yeah. It looks nice. It looks a little <laughs> like a little... Yeah, I know you're about to like get me on something. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I know. Yeah, there's a dagger. Huh? Yeah. Oh yeah, I know. I well, mean, what, what if you take the little sticker? She chose off, it. The, that thing, the letters. What if you take the letters off that say Fort Taurus? How do you know it's a Fort Taurus? I mean, I'm a, I'm somewhat a car dude, so you can just tell the way it looks. Oh, that it is. I've never been able. I don't know when dudes learn that. Bit, I can see. Car, I can tell a car Hot by their wheels. headlights. Hot yeah. Wheels taught me, Man, bro. Really? Like, I, yeah, I collected them. That was cool, and I, I, I would say this to people were too tangent, and I'm gonna come back and finish. We're going know. down. The road. <laughs> I know. Me. The, right, the dagger is halfway yeah. into me, so Hold I'll sit here and wait. Because yeah, I don't want it to go all the way in yet. I'm a dick, man. Tangent alert. When I would also say that at work too, when I'm when I'm being accused of being effusive or pedantic, and I would say, listen. I listen to you fucking jugheads talk about the Titans and your and and some pro I don't know how you even remember. I can name three quarterbacks, that's it. Yeah. I don't know well you you seen the seventy six Oldsmobile or something like I think that's cool. But how come it's not okay for me to know that about 
the AMD K600 processor. Hey, I know that about that. Everyone overclocked <laughs> yeah. in 2001, and it was like a game changer for a game. Like, I just full of that information. I'm not smarter than you. I just uh, the things I'm interested in are in an intellectual category. Is all I think it was like me with identifying wild mushrooms and plants and stuff like yeah, that. I shit on him about mushrooms. Yeah, like <laughs> like people think it's weird that my bitch ass is wandering around on disc golf courses trying yeah. to find edible gourmet mushrooms. Oh, you know them when you see them. Yeah, and stuff? yeah. I can identify about nine different local species. You of got mushrooms. some chicken of the woods. Hell no, yeah, I got some in there, bro. He fooled my ass with that. Dude. Yeah, he ate it. Come at shit's delicious. Hell yeah, I told him. He said, what I don't is like this? eating a lie. That's the only reason why I won't. Say that he put it his, because he I don't put like being lied to. Like yeah, like I said, lied I too. said here, I, we, I was having. How'd a, you get him? Eating? Well, I was having. Like, he told me it was fucking chicken. And he <laughs> loved it. What? He fucking loved it too. He was like, "Damn, that is good." And I was like, "That you just ate a mushroom." So you're trying to gag myself. I was having a little fancy dinner party, and I found. Uh, actually, my buddy found a huge bundle of some of the most beautiful chicken of the woods that you've ever seen. So yeah. I incorporated that into the meal. Yeah. And he had never fucking tried it before. And I know texturally, flavor-wise, everything, it is very much like chicken. And I handed it to him, and he was like, hmm. I was like, you just ate a mushroom, bitch. And (laughs) he felt so betrayed. Did you, did you, when was the last time you know about mushrooms? Did you have to season anything? I was curious about that. It was so good when I had it. I was like, did you do something to this? Because it's a fibrous organism, and I'm like, it'll take a lot of, like, but. My my boss from Bluegrass, yeah. Scott Duvall, he he's like that. He knows every river, every marvel. He knows the mountains. He'll talk himself into tears about people in Eastern Kentucky, yeah, like struggling. I'll be like, yeah. Can me that white guilt thing behind them. Southern <laughs> <laughs> Chicago, so we we crazy about each other. But um, but he's he's so tuned in to Kentucky. Yeah. He loves Kentucky. But he knows about. He brought some of those men, and I didn't. I couldn't believe he didn't do something to that thing. What What do you know about well, the chicken the, of the the real the the rule of thumb, which I know is an outdated term that's related to spouse abuse, but it is, it the, is. the the rule of thumb that's associated with almost any mushroom is salt, pepper, and a pinch of sugar as seasoning. And then anything like chicken of the woods that, uh, I, I don't want to call it a spongy texture, but it, it will absorb almost anything. It's certainly the mm-hmm. same that way. Absolutely. So you don't soak them. You never soak yeah. them. And then you, ver- you very, very uh, conservatively use a little bit of oil. Because if you use too much oil, motherfuckers will soak it up and yep. they ain't worth the shit. Yeah. Well, let me ask you one directly then. When you are they that good, close to fresh? I just can't remember. I only got a couple of time to eat them, and I was like, "This thing is really cool. I'd like to cook with this." But um, I was always uh, skeptical that Scott didn't do something to it. So, are they that good? Yes. Just with a and can they, you eat them raw? If you, you clean them, you can. Uh, I I wouldn't probably recommend it because it is a fibrous, spongy type of thing, and. Yeah. Whenever you add the heat, it it kind of, you know, chemically it's going to change it a little bit. So the texture becomes more appealing. I probably wouldn't eat it raw, but as far as wild mushrooms are concerned, chicken of the woods require less processing than uh, a morel. Uh, Yeah, morels are delicious. Yes, dry land fish, morels. I forgot uh, about those two. You said it. They have a hollow uh, center. I, I can't remember what it's called. I'm failing as a mycologist right now. But uh, the the center of it's hollow, and then it's got a very oddly shaped top that's porous. 
all kinds of critters love to crawl inside yeah. of that shit and live. The yeah. same can't be said for chicken of the woods. But again, yeah. like if I go and I if I were to talk to Kalu about this, he'd be like, I'm just waiting for you to shut the fuck up. It really takes somebody yeah. that yeah. is interested in finding out about the shit for it to not be viewed as pedantic, overly. Yeah. And then and then like you were talking about with homeboy that was riding a unicycle, we actively have to ascertain, well we don't have to. We choose to try and ascertain whether somebody is adopting something purely as part of their image. Or even partially as part oh, of their image, yeah. or because it is intrinsically yeah. a part of who they are and what they enjoy as a Man, human being. That's that's when we have to write down like the picture. Just uh, I think I've said the clue, but we may not remember. But that there's a, a a very good episode about real niggas that we that that real. that makes me think of that yeah. we have to do. It's like one of those ongoing side conversations we've been having for years, mm-hmm. but it's just such a fascinating topic. It's, a, again, another Z-axis tangent from what you said, but that dynamic that we somehow feel necessary to evaluate whether someone's authentic in what they're... I think that's what you were just mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, is fascinating to me. Yeah. And, and the psychological roots of that yes. and what it means inside of us. So I've had this thing that Aaron Magruder, he touched on a little bit on the boondocks. He had an episode about it. I think he was calling it real nigga moments or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but um, but I was like, oh yeah, he's really onto something. But but walking that back is a really fascinating topic. That isn't all like a deep race dive mm-hmm. that can get a little trite, you know. But I just thought as a, t- I just wanted when you said that, I wanted to remind you, you should write that down. We should talk about that one day. Well, I'm and and there's there's enormous like biodiversity, so yeah. to speak, where you have in group members. You have people that are interested, that are potential in-group members, peripheral members, I guess you would say. Then you have people that are cheerleaders. Mm. Um, Or, no, genuinely interested. The next level are emulators, people that are in it for image. Then you have cheerleaders outside of that that are like, they laud it, but they acknowledge that they have... No mm-hmm. capacity in it whatsoever. Yeah. Then after that, there's indifference. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then I think on the other side of the spectrum, there is a foil for every one of oh, definitely. the ones that, that border with in-group. Yeah. So you uh, at the opposite end of the spectrum, you have people that are actively shitting on what it is. Yeah. Towards the center of the fucking spectrum, you've got the indifference, obviously. But there's huge biodiversity amongst yeah. people. And, and it fluctuates. It's, it's not bound to a particular you know uh i guess context time and space because somebody that previously did shit on something can have mm-hmm. an epiphany and be like yo it just took this one thing and yep. now i'm like i yeah. get it yeah i fucking Red. get it yes yeah. it happens all the time i like it when it happens to me yeah. i'm like man what else am i like this about i thought oh I was yeah open that's, everything. that's why being that's humbled why. like that is dope like you're like oh yeah. it just opens yeah. up a door dog that's yeah. why i can sit and talk about the thing with like the yeah. stones and the crystals and all this that's stuff right. that i didn't understand and i was like why are you putting this money into it and all that's that right it was just i don't know exactly what it was that that there was the epiphany moment or something like that maybe it's the maybe it's actually seeing my wife like passionate about something 
Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what it was, where it was like, because we live in a world where, like, there's so many distractions. Yeah. There's so many things that take your attention off something. And if you are going, if I can see you be passionate and, like, be reading and buying books about something like this, yeah. I can't say shit about oh, it. You know what I'm saying? I a book for you guys. Damn it. I'm like, I did something not worthless. Okay. I, <laughs> I did something I, not worthless. I, I mean, yeah, I think I did remember to bring, I didn't come in with a big old backpack, did I? Uh, there's that one. I think I, think I, I, I have you guys, a uh, gift I have for you guys. Okay. I'm talking. Sweet. Yeah, but like when I saw that you, when I see people be passionate about something, and that has come from having this podcast and being in, like, being insanely passionate about it. Yeah. Uh, sometimes even borderline defensive, you know, because yeah. if, if someone were to say, like, you know, I didn't listen to this part of the episodes, I'd be like, Bitch, you didn't listen to the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Or did yeah, you how can you pass judgment on? Pass judgment when you got a tiny piece of the picture. Yeah, exactly. So when when that stuff started happening, then when I started, like it became real. And then when, uh, like my birthday, I think it was last year. Yeah, it was last year. My wife bought me all these books on like finding your voice and how to be a proper interviewer and all this other kind of Dope, stuff. Man. Like Dope. that's when it was like okay. This is she sees that there's that passion there, and I don't need to be so much Did of an she asshole. Get you the Ricky Lake book? <laughs> no, you need a Ricky Lake book because <laughs> she's the she's the number one interviewer. Yeah, you should study Ricky Lake. <laughs> okay, study okay. Ricky Lake. Watch the early episodes; they're the best. She might have she might have right. turned me on she, to thick white women. I think that was <laughs> <laughs> where did she go at? She I don't know where she went, man. She, no, she I had, hope she's still okay. alive. But didn't she? Have, she had lap band surgery or something. Oh, did she really? Yeah, I think she had lap band surgery. I was just like, she's lightweight, she, unrecognizable now. I, I, yeah, I bet I would. Yeah, but what what you were talking about, I think at the core of all that, and I and I think it goes beyond just a, a human experience. I think any sentient organism that we're aware of on this rock, I think, has the capacity to, and you know, we like to put terms associated with it, but really, just eliciting a response is what we're talking about. But finding something real or something genuine yeah. it elicits a very profound cognitive response mm-hmm. in us and we can articulate it and we get geed up and it's noticeable and we're excited in animals non-human species it serves a purpose regarding survival mm-hmm. you know when you find something that is is actually a genuine source of resources like uh, food or something yeah. like that as opposed to something that may look like it but actually is not it's sifting through the bullshit and that finding something genuine and sincere amongst all the bullshit elicits this profound fucking response in all of us yeah and i I think profundity chasing profundity like Mm -hmm. we've talked about it can be a dangerous motherfucking thing because amidst Nine out of ten things being completely fucked. Like, we could talk about a relationship, Mm -hmm. right? Nine out of ten big points in that relationship are completely fucked. But there's that one real thing that you never found in nobody else that you want to cling on to because it elicits this profound response. And and it takes your ass out to sea. Yeah. So, let me me give you an example. Like, um, there is... When I think about my relationship with my wife, right... There, the one thing there that, that, okay, there, there's multiple things that keep me there, you know what I'm saying? But like at the base level, the one thing is that 
it's still a mystery. I don't know how I'm here with this person. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, yeah. wow. I can sit there and 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 think of wow. like all these other like there's every other reason I can be like I can find this in another woman. I can find this in, but I don't know why it is you. I've broken wow. the rules for this woman. Do you yeah. see what I'm saying? Like, and that's so cool, man. Because from the outside looking in, one observes that I was there for a journey. Yeah, yeah, you were there for my journey. Yeah, you've that's seen really. Really dope, Clue, because it's it's also anti Clue. It's very anti me. Always, yeah, like trying to be in control. Yes, and measure, exactly. And, I know, do not understand the, why I am with this really woman. That's really cool, man. And like, and that, and so it's funny if we were to, when we get into like big knockdown drag out fights, you'll say, yeah. "Why are you with me?" I'm just like, "That's the worst fucking thing to ask." By me the way, <laughs> knockdown drag out fights are fantastic with cancers because they are the most emotionally intelligent in the, the zodiac. <laughs> Clue will benefit for from the. From the oh my God. God. He'll never credit it because to the my stars. wife is a cancer. What are, what are you, Clue? Leo. Leo. What are you, Mark? Pisces. And I always shit I'm, on Pisces because I'm I say a they just. Yeah. No. <laughs> so yeah. So whenever whenever that would happen, and she would ask me like, "Why are you with me?" Like. It's it's a good thing when I say I don't fucking know, you know what I'm saying? But it's yeah. a bad thing to no one else is going to understand it. But yeah. that's my mystery. That's my thing that I like. You know what I'm saying? Because I know why I was with every other person, even the first time I was with her, I knew why I was well, with her. Lightweight. If you have if you have an inventory that's associated with all the you know everybody leading up to that point. Yeah. It makes me think that there's an element of objectification that's associated with sure. it. If you don't have an inventory as to why, yeah. the intangibles are there and the, it's in yes. the ether and they're not objectified. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in like yeah. and it's that that mystery, if you will, is is what happens like when we get into a big fight. I don't know what it is that makes because I hold grudges, motherfucker. Let me tell you, like I don't forget. It's not so much that I hold like grudges, like I just don't forget stuff. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And I can stay mad at someone for whatever, but something that I do not know will bring me back to bed and will just something will pick up my arm and throw it over her while she's asleep or something like that. And I just sleep better. Does well, that make sense? Yeah, and it, yeah. it, it makes this mystery I don't understand. You, you ever heard the concept when people are stressed out, they're like, My head feels as big as this room. Mm-hmm. Being made to feel small yeah. with things like that. And I won't say humbled because that's not quite what it is. But being made to feel yeah. small and being lost in the ocean of somebody else yeah. like that. Yeah. If wow. you if yeah. you know, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, bro, if you know uh, like, and, and I was once told by somebody who, he turned out to be kind of a tool bag. But you, you can still learn from people like that. But uh, back when I was a DCBS investigator, this older cat that was uh, an ongoing worker, he said, and he would always come at me with this misogynistic shit because he thought that I was like would bro so out with you him. You think women are cunts, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, it, let me tell you something. He would, he would one hundred percent come it's at like me. Like those people are like, you're you're black, but you, you talk white, so you'll understand. They why will, I ask you man. This shit. Like so, so homeboy would come to me with <laughs> yeah. this like misogynistic shit yeah. a lot of times and like try and give me like OG advice on like how to interact with women and stuff. But he did say one thing to me that hung with me, and it's. Uh, the quickest way for someone to find you uh, disinteresting or for someone to lose interest in you is for them to know everything about you or yeah. or for you to tell them everything about you or for you to give them everything they want. Well, therein lies, it, it kind of eats itself because if you show them every bit of who you are, 
then you're it, you're really just exhibiting a lack of depth because you shouldn't even know 100 percent what exactly. the fuck you are you exactly. should you should still have a a, a huge fucking gulf of yeah. what you may be or yeah. what you could be that resides inside of you that you're constantly augmenting or or yeah, stifling man. to figure mm-hmm. out who you will be um so to say um if if somebody has figured you out you're pretty one dimensional and yeah. i'm sorry that it's like that but you you're a one trick pony mm-hmm. and everybody leading up to elizabeth mm-hmm. If you can articulate the element that's associated with them, yeah, yeah man. They're a I, I know literally. I know exactly, and it was it, you know it's funny because I learned this from the times when I was younger, and I would just hang around you, and we would listen to Jidu, and you would just talk to me about ph- philosophy while we're working on computers or something like that. It was, <clears throat> it was something you had said about like when you know knowing about why you're with someone it's it sort of shows that something is missing with you like you're using that person to fill some kind of hole and i think that that that's it it's not a good way to to use someone because they're a tool now you know what i'm saying and so that's why it was that's why i'm happy where for those moments where i don't know why because i'm like i got my shit together you know what i'm saying largely i got my shit together i was like i don't i don't need her. Yeah, man, and that's and it's, the good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. It, it, having any functional relationship. Yeah, to say that you need another human being, I don't. Yeah. You're already fucking up, man. Yeah. You gotta want them, and that's a, something Damn. else. That that's the difference between love and like. Too. And I couldn't tell her that. I could not like. I'm because it gets taken the wrong this. way. It, it gets taken the wrong but, way. But you know also, what I'm I think about the concepts of love and like. And I was talking to my girlfriend, and I tell her that I love her and shit like that. But yeah. I also I give her the compliment of saying like, "Yo, I really like you." Yes. And Patrice O'Neill, we were listening, and you know he's one of my favorite yeah. warrior philosopher comedians. He's brilliant. Oh, exceptional! One of the greatest to ever mm-hmm. motherfucking do it, if not the greatest. Yeah, I'm so I'm so sad he's gone. Like every time I listen to him, oh, he God. comes up on the YouTube thing. I'm like, dang, he has no, so much more work to do. No, yeah, he did, <laughs> and and he would always tell people like that his contemporaries. He'd be like, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be this accessible to you. I should be more famous. And they were like, yo, you're right. Like, you're the best comedian and, and, that I've ever met. it's time for him, too. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it would have been his time, I think. But he said, uh, he said, and, and of course, he's over the top. There's hyperbole and there's mm-hmm. there's in, inherent misogyny to what he's saying. But it's an absurdist kind of thing. And if people don't get it, if it's too on the nose, then they can fuck right off. Mm-hmm. But he said, the best arrangement is when you love me and I like you. And I know that's an oversimplification, but simultaneously, I love my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. But liking is an independent thing yeah. that goes along <laughs> with that shit yeah. that elevates it to a whole it's other so motherfucking important. level because you can love people and not motherfucking yeah. like yeah. it. Yes. And it's Family, important. for example. Yeah, and it's yeah. important too. Are, we, are you going to say anything about the impo- I want to know what you think about the importance of liking because that's it all ties back. Well, rabbit hole episodes, everything ties back. But it all ties back to what I started with that I've been concerned about lately, what I'm reflecting on, and what I can't wait to get into this new house to do because I'll have a room. It'll be completely pitch black. I'll get to be, get back to meditating. That's when I use it. Sensory can, deprivation room kind yeah, of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been doing that for years, but I don't have like one of those tanks or anything. <clears throat> yeah. But I, I would, uh, yeah, um, I'll, I would usually track those things down. 
I have been thinking about that, why it's important. There's people in my life that I really love and I tell them I won't let up off of what I don't like about them. And I don't know if I'm an asshole for that, but like no. something, I'm always looking for the reflection about how I'm being a knucklehead or I'm being uh, spoiled or I'm being lazy. I'm always looking for it. I'm never scared of it. And I think somehow it makes me survive stuff that where other people would give up because I'm not afraid of it. Like, how is important is it that you, you make a distinguishment between two things? I think we got love, but I'm really, I think we got an understanding of love. Yeah. I'm really interested in what you mean when you say like, because, man, I feel like that, but I don't know if I should. I think, honestly, love, love is this over-encompassing abstraction that means that you have someone's best interests at heart, mm -hmm. I feel like. It's more like a responsibility. It's like... It's like your job kind of at a certain point. You, you, You're like, you got to pay bills, you so you got to go to work. You yeah, got there, a duty. There's, yeah. there's social ties that are associated with it. Like, I feel like, is... That's a choice. It, it is. And it's also, it's also the groundwork for being able to see yourself in another motherfucker. Because if you don't like another motherfucker, yeah. you're not going to take that yeah. reflection as yeah, a reflection of you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so liking someone is essentially the fundamental baseline that you work from if you want to see who you are through somebody else's eyes and work on being a better motherfucking person. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, what, do you, and, and what do you think of it? Well, I think before we before you two offered the two quick love definitions, you described it better than you could ever define it. But mm -hmm. I know that it asks nothing. Yeah. It doesn't ask anything. And when I say that, I'm like, man, I think that's just the spoiled youngest brother in me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Am I sure? Am I, am I just, you know, intellectuals can intellectualize anything. Mm -hmm. You can talk yourself out of anything. You can yeah. bullshit. I'm like, am I just doing that again because I'm not afraid of a commitment or something like that? Yeah. Because I tell myself I, I won't have anything except for 100% authenticity. Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't ask anything at that level. Yeah. So love, I don't know, I'm available to love the people I love. But um, as far as liking, I don't know. I just know, I know how I feel. I know that it, I feel that I have to like you as well. And we have to work on mm -hmm. liking each other. If we're going to yeah. be around or, or I don't know if it cancels out love or makes love impossible. I think love is like the baseline there. I just been, okay. I just been making, uh, measures measure decisions based on that lately and i'm like dang this might be another one of those things another episode mm -hmm. another one of those things about not having a man around not having a dad i'm like oh i might be tolerating too much shit and i feel very interesting when i don't mm -hmm. it hurts but it only hurts where like in an emotional department and i think i shouldn't be giving so much attention to but when i make that hard decision like i don't like you don't like the decisions you're making i don't like the way you're moving it works out so much better yeah and i'm curious if that's just something that's new to me, but common knowledge to other people who are more well-adjusted, I'm doing air quotes. Yeah, well, well-adjusted. No, because I, I witness it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, damn, well, dude. I, 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 that's how I've, I've ended relationships. There, like, listen. Yeah, I, 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 I have no problem saying I, I love the people that I was. Yeah. I, I love my exes. I do not like their trajectories. Yeah, and I didn't like their trajectories. I was being placed on. By yeah. that, so it's like I that's that's not good. Yeah. So you can love them because it's like, hey, I want you to do well. I want you to do all yeah. that kind of stuff. But I'm I'm not. Yeah. I don't want to be do on you, that trip. 
Well, I don't know why I didn't think about that, but you're one of the examples. I, I, when I'm talking to other people, I'll invoke yeah. you. But but um, uh, that pragmatism, you know, like yeah. like how do, I don't know why, like yeah, I I would like to do that more. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would like to do that more. If not maybe only it's, maybe for it's experiment's from like a, sake, well, maybe that's it's from how, like, a, like a bloated sense of self or something wait, like hey, that. Hey, like, and that's a good know. point. That's Could a be. good point. And and I think every cat in this room is kind of atypical. I think all of us probably reside yeah. when it comes to interpersonal stuff closer to one end of the spectrum than towards the middle. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we're, we are a very particular group of cats. Yeah. Um, I tend like, if you talk about like my exes or whatever, yeah. shit, I, I even, a lot of them wouldn't even constitute exes. Cause I just don't let motherfuckers in period. Sure. sure. Um, and then I don't even, um, uh, you you may not either, but mm-hmm. your exes, you're more prone to imbibe in the social convention that's associated with that interpersonal relationship mm-hmm. than I am, probably. Sure. So I keep it, probably the same degree of emotional boundaries that yeah. you had, but there was no label associated yeah. with it. And I didn't take, you know, we, I've talked about the concept of fish love. I didn't invest a piece of myself. Yeah. I didn't invest a piece of my motherfucking self. Yeah. And I think very highly of my motherfucking self. I don't know if you all figured that shit out yeah. yet. So I don't just give it away yeah. to any motherfucking body. Mm-hmm. But when I do, um, I you know that I think that's the fundamental basis of loving selflessly without expectation in return is giving them the unerring ability to cut your fucking throat. It's letting yeah. go of the side of the fucking yeah. pool. It's it's the same psychological mechanism if you're going to invest in yourself as it is when you're investing in someone else. You got to let go. Mm-hmm. And again, with with Elizabeth, mm-hmm. with Kaylee, like you just you get to a point and it it clicks, it makes sense. You like them mm-hmm. on top of the love element. And don't get me wrong. Yeah, don't, man. don't get me wrong. There is like that precedes love too. Yes, we yeah. just don't have uh, words for it, mm-hmm. you know, to distinguish the shit. But you can like a motherfucker without loving them. Yeah, and you can love a motherfucker without liking them. Yeah, oh yeah. But the that and it can that change recipro- back and forth. Yeah, it can change back and forth because there's days where I'm like, I don't like this woman. Yeah, but they're, <laughs> you know and they're yeah, and but, you, but you're just like it, it, it's 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 going to ebb and flow. Yeah, and there's there's reciprocity between the two things, and yeah. then we could also say. We'll say in love, but that's the chemical element of it. Yes. I feel like that's the physiological yeah. response. Yeah, yeah. And I think for some reason it's easy for men. I don't know the way we process whatever that f- physiological dimension is. I, it's easy to be okay with that part. Like I don't get like the feeling. I'm all right. I'm just I'm super interested in that other part though that yeah. you guys just just talk just talk through and that's uh, I think it's less cool of the, it's less of the, the I think the feeling is more of a young thing like I troll my wife yeah. and I say are you still like when was the last time you were like in love you know what I'm saying oh like I'll, I'll troll her that because I know that it's like there's a certain point where the chemical part is like yeah it's, he, it, it goes away and it's supposed to you know what I'm saying like yeah like there's they're gonna be things that got that get you emotionally but like I just don't buy into we've been in love for this thing it's like yes. no there's there's uh, hey, yeah. All right, now you're going on another tangent with with my cigar. It even bothers me. Yeah, 
it even it even bothers me. And I'm like, man, I'm just some grumpy misanthrope or no. something like. But I'm like, it it alarms me that you're still there, and I don't yeah. want to turn you into some crazy like a stoic cynic or something like yes, that. Yeah, yeah, cynic or something. But I'm like. Like it can't be right that we've been through all this to and like that's still where and you're, you're still yeah, like yeah no still, like I'm like Ugh, well, my my father my father used he's got a few uh, dope little catchphrases and shit like that and and Buddy Earl is an OG shout out to Buddy Earl but he uh, he always said that a relationship and he was talking about friends as much as anything has to be kept in constant repair and I think mm. that that underscores mm. that the constant repair. Um, is indicating that there are there are conflicts along the way and these conflicts get resolved. And I think that, you know, we talk about uh, fighting is healthy in a relationship. Yeah. When you don't fight, then it stagnates. And it, it, I think, honestly, fighting in a relationship within certain, you know, contexts is fighting for the relationship. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're, say you've been together for five, ten years mm-hmm. and... The new, so to speak, has worn off. That profound uh, physiological response to basically breed, pair yeah. off, whatever you want to call right. it, is gone. So where do you where do you elicit the profundity from? Mm-hmm. From the recovery that that rebound from um, hashing it out, fighting, mm-hmm. resolving yeah. it, getting yeah. better, and then. You're in this yeah. hole, and then that climb back out of the hole elicits yeah. a positive so, response. And when man, you, and that's when like any other work. When you yeah. like a person, yes. you work a lot better with them. Absolutely. Yeah. And when, if and, you're shoveling rocks. And when you're focused on, like, when you have your eyes set on getting out of the holes, you know, getting out of the valleys yeah. or whatever, like, it makes you do or not do certain things. For example, I'm going to show you guys my phone because, one, you know, one place where we... We went back and forth getting into it here. Let me not don't don't mind the fact that I wrote this wall of text <laughs> right here, right? Jesus Christ. Pay attention to this right here. It says not delivered. The right. fact that I had shitty reception made the next message just fine. Do yeah. you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The fact that I had shitty reception, she's like it was like it's a good thing that I didn't say. Oh what yeah, that's shit. Because once you saying? had a time to step back yeah, and reflect, exactly. you were like, "Damn!" Yeah, I'm like, I just, I dot a bullet got dodged Yo, because I, this, and it, if this, and I was sitting there the next day after she had like, you know, operated on enough, like, yeah. like, okay, we got it out of our system. I'm sitting here looking at my phone, like, bitch, you better not fucking send, like, because yeah. if this message goes through. <laughs> We're going yeah. back to, you know, yeah. back to square one. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, and that's something that I've noticed as I've gotten older is that I start to say something. Hey, I start burning. to say shit and just... And something's I, yeah, something's burning. Is that... It's a, it's a sweet potato. Oh, okay. I was like, man, oh, okay. it's cool. Uh, yeah, I'll, okay. I'll go make sure that it's <laughs> yeah, okay. completely fucked up. I thought it might be water or something. Yeah, I was like, it smells like blueberry coffee. muffins or some shit yeah. like that in here. Yeah, that's a... Uh, yeah, that's super interesting. Man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it was a, uh, and I don't know what to call it, you know what I'm saying? But it was a good thing that what I wanted to say wasn't said. Yeah. Right? It, or it was it was good that I got it out. Maybe that's how it should have worked. It, I need to get it out, but it didn't need to get out to her. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Like, I got it out, and it's like, okay, it's done. Let's see what else happens after yeah. that. Does that make sense to you there? I think so. So, do you, like... We can go into like how do you fight? Um. Oh man, I don't. 
I don't fight good at all. <laughs> really? I don't, I don't. Yeah, I, I wish I could fight better. That's why certain people I've had, I've had very fortunate relationships, like fantastic. Uh, going off something Chris said earlier, like I, I don't let go of people. Like I don't. If I love somebody, it's like that. That pretty much we stay there. Yeah. And a lot of people um, have a hard time uh, dealing with that. Mm-hmm. The person I've been involved with for the last ten years. Yeah, yeah. Does, but um, I won't let go of that reality because I think again it's an opportunity for that person to grow and learn and that that unrelenting aspect of my interpersonal relationships is going to help her see and grow I wouldn't say that sounds too cocky to say that but that's where I know it is and I think we've gotten past it but like I don't ask anything of people that I've had that sort of close Mm -hmm. intimacy with and um, I don't know I've had all my relationships for the current one, have been that way. Like, I don't, we didn't really fight and stuff. We kind of got through the the meaning of life really quickly because that's the way I operate. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I don't know if it's exposing myself, but I kind of, we go swimming real mm-hmm. early and we go real, real deep. And because we're swimming that deep, you can't hide everything there is to reveal it. But I'm gonna, yeah. you're going to know a lot about yourself mm-hmm. and I'm going to know a lot about you. Mm-hmm. And you're going to know about the the world I operate in. Mm-hmm. I'm using astrology metaphor, by the way, but I, I, I take people really, really deep, really, really early. Um, when I try not to, it doesn't work out for me. Yeah. But I, I, I wish I had other ways. I've, I'm still trying to practice more casual interactions. I can't do water cooler. I can't do... But consequently, the, the acquaintanceships and friendships I make, are re- they last forever. Mm. All of them are that way. Like I never ever let go. We can pick right up like we were hanging out yesterday. You know. Is that how you are when you when you fight with them though? Uh, yeah. To, I'm trying. I mean, to, you were yeah. saying that you fight. Yeah, I. Fight, you don't fight well. Yeah. No, I, I I fight I fight by going going deep. It's like yeah. it's, I don't think that's fair. Do you take people deep to drown them? Uh, I don't know if I do it. No, I certainly don't. I just feel like that 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 in order to remove the superficial reality that is the catalyst or substance of whatever we're fighting about the deeper we go the less bullshit there is yeah and when i get you there you're like oh where was that that thing at it's like i'm not really mad at you i'm mad because my dad did something like you're like 20 years no oxygen down there yeah Yeah, there's no but i don't think it's the best way to operate but that's what that's what i do like and you know i've been accused of stuff especially by Oh, really? Only one person. <laughs> one person I think that has to grow from that that mechanism. I don't know if it's. Um, I'm like, man, am I like some sort of gaslighting, passive aggressive psycho, or whatever? But every time the growth, the growth is there, and like, there's nothing left because I can see it now. If it's a regular thing that we're just arguing over, like you know, I don't know, a lie or something. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, just, I don't. I've never had that kind of superficial argument because I probably never lived with anybody, you know, and gotten like mad over the toaster or nothing. Yeah. It's always been something rather in a personal, rather existential. And I, that's the way I've handled it. I don't know if that's good, but it, 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 it manifests as a sort of retreat. Like mm-hmm. I'll go quiet. I'm cool. As long as I can be alone, I'm cool. And But my being alone is like weaponized mm-hmm. in fights with the people mm-hmm. I'm involved with. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not like shutting you off necessary to be a, a Passive aggressive, I think that's very, very violent. I'm mm-hmm. not doing that. But I sure as hell don't know how to handle things at the well-adjusted conversational level 
where I, where I wish I came. Conventional, I'm go the conventional, yeah. Yeah, well-adjusted. Yeah. But but I, I'll say this: I've it's never it's never not worked. I've had people like years removed, two or three years later. I'm, I exaggerate. I can think of one person now, a friend of mine mm-hmm. in Nashville, was like. Like thank you, thank you. like going through the whole thing and picking up where we left off. Yeah. Like God, I was this, I was this way, I was selfish, and I'm just like, I don't say nothing. Yeah. Because what do you say? Yeah. But I'm like, uh, I, maybe I could have did that without three years of like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like. But um, that's what I do, and I, I, that's how I fight. And I don't know if that's good, but that's how I fight. Now, with the emotionally intelligent people that I've always been lucky to involve with, man, they're just so much better. They don't give you any out, and like it just gets resolved better. But yeah, in my in my most recent relationship, the one I've been with for the last ten years, it's been like I've never had so much stress, and yeah. I've never fought like that with anyone. So yeah, I don't know what how, you do, think of. how do you fight? Mm, well, I don't really. I, I guess I kind of am a little bit like you as well. Like I, if if I get. To my line in the sand, so to speak, I have a propensity to pull back because I'm not good at hiding my emotions. Mm-hmm. Like so, I'm I'm warm. I'm warm and accommodating with all kind of shit. Like if I'm not insecure, there ain't nothing. Like I'm like, do you? We'll meet in the motherfucking middle. But if you do some shit that I perceive as like you have an expectation of me. And then you, my expectation of you or your expectation of yourself is not parallel with mm-hmm. that. I'm going to draw a line in the sand on that shit. And I have I have a propensity to withdraw that, that stuff that I've placed in you. Mm-hmm. I start to kind of tug it back. Like, I, I'm not capable of, you know, I'm not a total sociopath. I can't just stop mm-hmm. giving a fuck about mm-hmm. you. But I can withdraw a little bit. And my look in my eyes goes from this warm, accommodating, receptive, understanding, involved look that's readily apparent to one that is, I don't want to say judgmental, but more discerning and distant. Like I have um, gone back into myself, so to speak, for a little bit. And it, I'm pretty forgiving. And it doesn't take me long to be like, yo, this is a wasted emotion. Mm-hmm. This is a waste of my motherfucking time. It's causing me stress. And if you have already invested in that other individual, there is zero motherfucking point in that type of standing your ground, I guess you could say. And that's that's not a, that's not a good way for me to necessarily <laughs> approach things all the time. But um, I think... It could it could possibly elicit some self reflection on the part of the other person because I know if somebody did that shit to me, and I cared that much about them, it would make me reflect on myself. So there are probably some latent positive functions that are associated with the way that you and I roughly handle stuff. But it takes the right individual. It, it doesn't. When we talk yeah. about well adjusted, well adjusted just kind of means adapting to convention. Uh-huh. Um. And nobody in this motherfucking room's conventional. Yeah. I mean, Kalu, Kalu's good at putting that hat on, but he's not a conventional motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. So it takes course. an unconventional individual yeah. for us to, for them to get it, yeah. for them yeah, to jihaw with us. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, the way I fight is, it's it's not, 
I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. So I'll tell you how it, it'll normally go. If we're, if I can tell, there's some people that when they get angry about something, I can usually tell there's something deeper that they're stressed about. But when they attack me about it, and and you know they're you know going on with me, especially just with my wife, I'll say something like, "I know where this is going," and and like you're gonna get yourself hurt because when I turn into the mode where it's like. We're, we're just trying to hurt each other. I, I don't, it turns into a win, win, lose thing. And I'm whatever and oh. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I'll just turn off the, because yeah. I know how some people read when they are, and I'm doing my air quotes, losing an argument. And if you, and it, it turns into whoever's keeping the straightest face the whole time is good. And yeah. I turn into a machine at that point. And, and yeah, I hate and, it. And, and, and by straight face, that means everything. That means yeah. it, allowing the other person to get something out of you, elicit an emotional response yeah. out of yeah. you. Yeah. Because that lack thereof, mm-hmm. you've you've nuked the entire conversation. Yeah, and, and like I know that for them, they or she would want to see an emotional response because she is very emotionally in tune. And when she can read my emotion, she can it it looks like I care. But when I shut that off. It's like it looks yeah. like you're arguing yeah. with someone who doesn't that, that's, care. That's why I always enjoy. They're my favorite zodiac signs, cancers, because uh, that whatever's fucked up about me, they're expert at it, and mm-hmm. that way uh, they can take my genuine, the way I'm feeling, and they know what that will translate into without mm-hmm. me having to fail at it in yeah. all the conventional or conversational ways. And, yeah. Um, and then they don't. I don't get accused of being uh, passive aggressive or, yeah. or what do you call it, uh, retreating or cutting people off. Yeah. Because they see it. I don't. They can. They can see. Scorpios are this way mentally. You cannot lie to them. Mm-hmm. Can't lie to them. They they know when you're lying all the time. There's something psychic that they kind of like mental that they kind of like cue into, and cancers are that way emotionally. So okay. So, so when 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 something like that happens, um. I again, I turn into a, a, a robot, and after I draw that line and say, like, if we're gonna start saying things, you're gonna get your feelings hurt, right? You're you're just going to, it's going to get that way, and it's I will apologize when I'm sorry about something, but when we get to a point, I'm not sorry anymore. I'm just not, and um, it's I, I try really hard to not get to that point. I, I think that as I've gotten older, I've gotten better about that i just know that that's how um that's a that's a deep part of me where i think that it still serves the utility to 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 you know i don't want to call it a survival mechanism or something like that but it does have utility for me it's gotten me far being Mm -hmm. having that kind of like i don't want to say like a killer type of thing because it's Mm -hmm. an asshole like i also recognize that it's not it's destructive to be that way when i have the awareness that someone needs a certain thing but i'm just not capable of being on that type of level from a sincerity from standpoint. a from a sincerity standpoint because yeah. I am also trying to at the end of the day I want to fix a problem right and if we're going to fix a problem by by mutually assured destruction or if I'm going to implore scorched earth policy you've heard of scorched earth policy if I'm doing scorched earth policy where I'm going to be like well I'll set the whole goddamn thing on fire if it's if it solves this problem and I won't be sorry about that because the problem got solved yeah, people got hurt at the end, but the problem got solved. Mm-hmm. And so that is that's some that's how I fight. And I, and I wish that I was better. Like the the one thing that has served me 
the the most are moments like what just happened, what I showed you guys on my phone, where I wrote all that stuff out, and because I was in no reception, it said the message failed to deliver. Me shutting the fuck up is is one one of the things that I've learned mm-hmm. that has helped and stuff. And I'll go get it out in another avenue. The utility of shutting the fuck up. Oh, yeah. 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 Man, it's it's such a handy skill to teach yourself yeah. is when to stifle that a reactionary fucking response to things. Absolutely. Man. And um but I, you know, we're all trying to be as objective as possible about like our own hang-ups and how we probably don't deal with things in the most <laughs> conventional or healthy manner, but I think the convention typically, I think the convention uh, norm is for people to take a contrived response like a band-aid and slap it on somebody's emotional issue and that amounts to manipulation. Yes. It's navigating the social landscape as opposed to really meaningfully communicating yeah, and disarming yourself yeah. in front of someone. Yeah, and that's something that you and I have talked about and uh we we have this concept and we did it on a very early episode like in in MMA um like in, in just fighting in general, right? When a human has gloves, when they have like the wraps, the wraps and everything, the fighters tape around their fist, your body will, you will hit like exponentially harder than you would if you didn't have protection on there. So what I say is that, and if you, when you, when you don't have that protection, you face a risk of breaking your hand uh, over someone's skull when you're hitting them. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have a, we have an argument tactic, if you will, called taking the gloves off. And that is, you know, stripping yourself bare if you're going to fight with someone because when you put that armor on and you start wrapping up the tape, you're going to hit real hard. You're going to throw haymakers at people and you're going to destroy someone, you know, especially if it's someone who is very emotional like my wife who will argue with me with the gloves off. Like she'll 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 play like and you can say it's a cancer thing. She'll play like there's that hard shell, but I know what, you know, I know exactly what is what is there? I know what's what's bothering you. I know, but it's. I need you to tell me what it is because the moment that I label what I know, what you're actually going through and what you're feeling, so like that, I'm the asshole trying to take control and all the other things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I've, you've got to take those gloves off and let each other feel your way through the things, and and, and not throw the haymakers and not throw those those rough things because that moment that I throw that that big punch or whatever that verbal punch, if you will. I know that it's going to do damage that's going to take way more time for the both of us to recover from. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a really so good that, point. So that's, that, that, that's the equation. When you see people fighting or something like that in MMA, they have those gloves on because they can destroy your face. But one of the things that they'd also talked about doing in MMA is having people go bare knuckle because it would reduce the amount of injuries to faces and yeah. hands. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? When you have yeah, more regard of that. yourself and you have more regard of the person you're hitting, yeah. it makes it a little bit different. And so, in my opinion, I think that you would start to implore more skill into the fight. Yeah. Because you're having that kind of regard. Yeah. And, and maybe the same thing could translate into interpersonal relationships. And, and I think something that's handy to always keep in mind Aside from, you know, psychological issues, diagnosable stuff aside, I'm not I'm not generalizing about people that are in situations where they're victims of domestic violence sure, yeah, and stuff oh, like yeah. that. But when your significant other is upset at you about something, mm-hmm. that is 
the first indication, the first thing that you need to make the acknowledgement about is that that is a symptom of them caring about you. Yeah. If they don't have that response, the absence of a response is that's what not you need to worry about. Fuck. Oh yeah, or yeah. or the convention that I was talking about of just throwing somebody a, a bone, like knowing the game genie motherfucking code yeah. to get through that fucking scenario. Mm-hmm. That that's not caring about somebody. Saying the right thing. Yeah. Saying the right thing isn't really caring about somebody. Yeah. Um. Saying yeah. saying the honest thing, saying the empathetic thing, and taking the motherfucking gloves off and putting yourself in that person's shoes. Yeah. But I think the most fundamental element of that, again, going back to us talking about liking somebody, you have to you have to have that baseline of liking them. Mm-hmm. But there's reciprocity between liking someone and being able to take their adverse re- reaction to something you've done or not done as as really an indication of how much they care about you as opposed to um th- the inverse mm-hmm. i mean it's that simple as somebody mad at you doesn't mean they don't like it you it doesn't mean they don't like you if yeah. they're mad at you that means that they do like you and that but there is a very there's a very fine line between them liking you and and being like you know caring about your well being, there's a very fine line between that and them wanting to control or they have this image yeah. of what they think that a person or their person should be like because they've listened to all their friends or they've watched too much Instagram or they've seen too many love stories or something like that. They feel that you need to fit this certain mold. And one of the things that you and I have said, Chris, is that you, the way that a good relationship is supposed to be or could be or we'd like to be where it's you're whole here i'm whole here we meet together on some dope shit that's what you said you know absolutely and that's something that a lot of people can't do we we it's it's just inherent we've all agreed that manipulation and exploitation is something that's inherent in all of us we try to form the world in a way that works best for us for us Mm -hmm. and so we do that you know we've got to be careful and hyper aware of our ability to do that to other people. And I think that a lot of people fuck up and they mask it behind the fact that they care. They care. They care. They care about their world. They care about their comfort and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to see more people making, being like, hey, go do your thing. And that's right. That's you being okay with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and things like confirmation bias that runs rampant in these types of situations Mm -hmm. where you have like, well, I knew that this was going to fucking happen. And that's not a productive thing at all. But when we talk about uh, interpersonal relationships, romantic relationships, uh, that that reciprocity of perspective Mm -hmm. that willingness for you to fundamentally fucking care more about the other human being than you care about yourself mm-hmm. i think also has to be an element of this well you know and that the more i think about it that's my own definition of it some people have relationships they're totally happy in mm-hmm. where they probably lightweight don't think about it that yeah. deeply but um caring more about another human being than you care about yourself but we could go down the rabbit hole with that shit and talk about altruism and how altruism is from a biological standpoint, just a manifestation of self-preservation from a species standpoint, as opposed to the individual. If it makes sense for the individual to take an ale for the sake of the greater good of the species, mm-hmm. that's not, that's, that's not really altruism. That's an organism doing what 
is biologically ingrained in them to do and then acted upon by the socialization process. Mm -hmm. So we really, as far as personal utility is concerned, I think the, the starting point that each one of us needs to have is you can either use your past as a justification for future bad decisions and future piss poor behavior, or you can learn from that motherfucker. Mm -hmm. And when you go to into a relationship, that's the baggage. Mm -hmm. When somebody says they've got baggage or somebody says like they, like you were talking about earlier, people just accept that they have these traits, these quirks. I get so angry about this, blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, you at least you acknowledge it. Now let's fucking fix it. That's Just right. accepting that you're a certain That's fucking right. way when yeah. it, when in reality yeah. we change from moment to yeah. moment. That's right. That's right. I man, that's so it's so crazy how um, I can be surrounded by so many different people, but not get that that uh, confirmation of perspective. I, like when I, until I come here, I just got one of my good buddies. I didn't get him. Actually, when I stopped trying, he finally got hired at, at the same place. The kid, Zach, yeah. uh, that moved down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's he's finally on there. And um, I always felt the, that that place was more fit for him than me, even. It's a, a young, leaning sort of culture. But um, but he comes up to me the other day, man, and, and he's like, uh, Mark, look, um, I got to ask you about something really serious. And I was like, all right, man. Yes. Yeah, he's yes. like, put the gloves on. You're yes. like, here we go. He was like, man, I haven't been in this building. We both work downtown. And, um, uh, beep that out. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, man, where's the best place to take a shit around here? And not <laughs> only did, was I so glad that he said that to yeah. me. Like, because people are so weird, man. They're so yeah. like superficial and like scared to lose that paycheck. Yeah. And I'm in there just talking smack yeah. and fixing stuff in people's faces and like, I don't know, but uh, not only that, but I, like I drew him a map of what time of day, <laughs> what side of the yeah, to go yeah. to, and what and I don't know what I'm trying to say. But to, take a, to drop that deuce, yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. I, but I don't know even what I'm trying to say. I guess I'm just trying to say that like there's some stuff you've been saying is I'm just glad to hear it because I'm like, yeah, maybe. Maybe we're not alone in that thinking, you know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> Maybe not feeling alone. Yeah. That's that, and you know, we we started this whole thing out because you know, I, I, hopefully this will be an ongoing series of us going down the rabbit hole. But I think a fundamental longing for most human beings is to not feel alone, to feel connected or tapped in. Yeah. And so often, and especially with active bids to distract us and keep us mm -hmm. separated, and you know, modern culture, we're, we're connected online, but we're not connected face to face. Mm. And there's not meaningful, really meaningful interactions online. Like you, not the same as sitting and looking somebody in the motherfucking eye. Oh yeah. But, um, I've never been in a raid group. <laughs> I have. I used to play wow like a motherfucker. I know about connecting on. I used to play wow like a motherfucker. That was a dark time in my life. It was an awesome time. In my but, life. but especially those of us that are not good at pretending, yes. and, and yeah. our our own intellect or our own personal psychology puts us on the fringe anyway because we don't necessarily feel yeah. like we can relate to the status yeah. quo. Yeah, when five we, percenters. Yeah. When we find that in somebody else, like you were talking about, you you take people deep initially, mm. but some motherfuckers respond to that. And when you interact with somebody and yeah. they, they reciprocate that shit 
it yeah. elicits this profound yeah. fucking response mm-hmm. with somebody. Yeah. And that translates to friendships, that translates yes. to relationships. Like I told my girlfriend, like we was talking about some shit, and I was like, I feel like you get it. Mm-hmm. Feeling like you get it. It makes me not feel so alone in a yeah. situation. And even though she's cold to death, she's beautiful. That is one of the most attractive things is yeah, that this man. person is not good at at pretending. And I've told her that like she's like, yeah. well, I can be difficult sometimes. I don't give a fuck about difficult. Yeah. Sin- give me that sincerity. Even yeah, if you, even if you have an irrational response, we can yeah. work through that yeah. shit. At least yeah. it's real. At least, At least it's, it's real. real. And, and that's part of the connection. And that's part of our search. And especially if you're part of the five percenters or whatever, we do feel so alone so mm-hmm. often that we, mm-hmm. when you finally find something that feels real, man, it's an exciting motherfucker. Like I have, I have all these friends, man, going back to my, my buddy. And I guess what I was saying when I said that, like not feeling alone was it was it's it's the I, I think of it differently. I'm so glad to be struggling together. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Because I've accepted being struggle, in right? the trenches like, with the, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like when I'm in my bed, I'm like, wow, you can't give up on that either. He's like, no, I can't. What was it that happened? They were they're rolling back this huge platform to like this default state because it's one of those enormously powerful platforms. Mm-hmm. You can customize it so much that it just ain't working no more. Mm-hmm. And we knew what that was. And he felt like I felt about it. And I get all the bad feedback at work about it because I think, oh, Mark, you're being too negative. I'm just like, no, it's mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Y'all need a little bit more of me. Y'all need to sprinkle a little bit more assholes around here because yeah. it's such a personality cult that you get really highly agreeable personalities. I've said this before. Highly agreeable personalities are averse to conflict. All enterprise technology problems are conflict. So not only do you not solve stuff, you don't solve the hardest of stuff. Mm-hmm. The most important things is mm-hmm. what tends to be broke. And it's really fascinating. I'm interested in that. And I run to my buddy. He ain't been there two weeks. And he's already on it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, man, you, you get it. He's, he's like, why do you do this? And why do you do that? And I'm like, just not in my head. Then he's seen this email. He doesn't even know these people. But he's yeah. worked all around National the last few years. Done a lot of high in corporate, you know, before he set, because he, he didn't want to settle anywhere. And um, he's seen a lot. And he's like, oh, man, you know, they're, they're rolling that back because they can't, they can't fucking keep up. But I was like, yeah. <laughs> and we both knew it. But, like, it just feels so good to know. I guess what I'm getting at is certain value systems in his life, he's always struggling with these beautiful women. He'll send me his text, and I'm like, how did you screw this one up? Like, he'll yeah. be, because he won't, he wants he human beings can create our reality, right? We can create a reality percent, and he won't let go of. And I just think it's dope. I mm-hmm. just like people like that. I get the sense from you that you like that. You know, there's certain levels of personal freedom, and certain the way you're gonna like that you ain't never gonna let go of. And like it ain't it's a lack. It's more than just not conforming. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You are not gonna lose. You know what I mean? I don't it's like certain. You. It's certain <laughs> stuff like, and I don't know. I seem to collect people like that. So, uh, like the stuff we've talked about today, and like the feedback I've gotten from that, it's made it's made me uh, feel better about that. Because every now and then you'll be like, "Oh man, maybe it's me." You yeah, know I mean? and maybe oh, yeah. it is you, but yeah. you know, but it's okay. You it's, know? It, it's it okay. is you, but yeah, that yeah. you, like you said, it's okay. That's how it should be. Yeah. When people say maybe it's me, yeah. it's like, goddamn right. Yeah. That that yeah. means you're taking ownership, in my yeah. opinion. And, and, and that camaraderie, man, like feeling not only like you're connected, but you're part of something else something Mm -hmm. that's separate from the mainstream and i think it can happen in positivistic ways it can happen in ways where we we notice like hey i see you 
but we're about accountability in this motherfucker. Like yeah. nobody here is going to placate another person for the sake of no getting them to like them. We like each other for the sake of yeah. the candor and the exploration and that kind of shit. Yeah. The other end of the spectrum, people will fall off and get clannish about enabling as well. Mm-hmm. People that are enablers get together Man. and facilitate Man. that kind of shit nonstop. I got bro. a story about that. I won't tell the whole story, but I had a big falling out, doing air quotes, with um, some of my closest friends from college. I call them my sisters because uh, they had a situation where it's crazy because I think when I roll it out, most people are just like, oh, yeah, typical. you know, girls girls are different. Dude. They, they they will be together for different reasons. Yeah. They, it's, I've seen that a million times. It's just normal college yeah. stuff. But they decided they want to be an item. And they were making this big deal out of it. I know it had a lot to do with our current, and this was maybe seven or eight years ago, our current social climate. But I, I just refuse to see it as that again because I'm swimming deeper. Mm-hmm. I know what fundamentally is going on. These two friends of mine decided to be an item. Mm-hmm. Like in one of one of them, you know, I'm all, mm-hmm. but one of them is, uh, is you know, we 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 all say, oh, she's she's LGBT or whatever. But mm-hmm. one of them kind of really wasn't, but they've been best friends forever. And it just, they just were hanging out, hanging out more and more together, and finally it was like this thing or whatever. And I just wasn't buying it. Mm-hmm. I just and I, I had the biggest fight with them because I wouldn't indulge that. That BS. I'm like, who cares? You think nobody knows y'all been, you know, that's like, hey, we're all crew. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, ma- it makes me mad when people can't. My idealism and abstractions make me deal with hard realities, I think, better. Mm-hmm. When I when I, when I I suss them out, when I triangulate, I'm like, okay, this is just, that's this. it didn't bother me at all. And they wanted everyone as a measure of your friendship to, to embrace indul- it. Yeah. To and play along and with their yeah. narrative that and they I was created. Like, I told them this. I said, look, you gotta, you cannot take a closet full of skeletons and they spill it out of a closet and our friendship is based on how much I'm helping you hold yeah. that closet. Like, it's not fair. Yeah. And I, we never, me and the one friend were great and me and the other friend were never quite the, the same. And I was like, man, if we can't get past this stuff, and then we don't have nothing. And what I was saying was my, my closest people, we, we operate somewhere south of that level. Like mm-hmm. we're so fun that we never have that kind of problem. You know what I mean? It could be like, man, you you eating bad again or something. Or, you, or man, yeah. you're doing that thing again. My, I got friends that will tell me that. And we're like, Mark, are you doing that shithead shit again? Like, yeah. go. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Because I'm lost in it. And I'm like, yeah. your narrative. I trust you it's enough your narrative. authenticity. I'm like, okay, I'll just play it that way. Because I'm, sure, I'm clearly not. Seeing it right, you know, you like, yep. no, Mark, you stupid dude, buy the house and yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because I'm dealing with all these crazy yeah. fears being raised in the project, but but because it's always been authentic, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm gonna put. What does it matter to me? I'm still gonna feel a little bit, you know, of anxiety and stuff, mm-hmm. and like something about that's very valuable to me. But I I had a uh, a circumstance with uh, with two of my close friends like that, and I thought, man, that's so that's so interesting how people. Um, Will live off that. I forget what you said to start me off on this. It's like they, gassing each other up. Yeah, they'll live off. Oh, enabling. enabling. Yeah, enabling. Like, I'm like, man, that's that's. I, I don't have it in me. I don't and, have the energy for it. And I think honestly, a lot of people do it. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure we probably do it on some level, and we don't realize it. But yeah. it, not as much as yeah. mainstream society. But it, yeah, yeah, we talk about people creating this narrative, this third person narrative of their existence, mm-hmm. and. A refusal 
for us as peers to play along with that. That's one of the most utilitarian, loving, invested people that you can have in your life yeah. that they're willing to be like, no, I'm not playing along with this shit because mm-hmm. it's easy. Mm-hmm. It's easy to just fucking play along with people's Very narratives. Easy. Mm-hmm. Very easy. And you know what? The convention is to play along with people's narratives. Yeah. But goddamn yeah. breaking from that and straight yeah. up telling motherfuckers that. But but that also, that you have to be at a place where you're willing to accept that you might man, be fucking wrong. Man, yeah. I think the same thing that was kind of on my mind, whether or not we drew it out or not today, uh, but the same thing was... Uh, Friday or th- Wednesday, last time I was at work, I talked to one of my uh, favorite kind of mentors at work about it. This cool uh, uh, director from Florida, like, real interesting country mm-hmm. boy, black guy, but really good at business and really sexy. Yeah. He's, he's interesting anyway, but he's a real straight shooter. And I, I went to a room and I was like, man, I just gotta, like, this is going on. I feel like I'm not getting anything done on it. And he just, like, in about 30 minutes was like, yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, that's bullshit. And he was like, it sounds like it's just you. And I was like, I said, I ain't got nothing. I was like, you sure? I said, like, what about the other thing? He was yeah. like, no, nah, that's bullshit too, much." I was like, what? Uh, and um, what What the cool thing was, when I left the room, it was like, what What it left me with was one of the things that was on the table of potentials. It just, I didn't know. And he was like, you just got to take ownership of this is the cost of, you know, requiring a lot of solitude and stuff like that. You can't have both. Because mm-hmm. I was talking about yeah. this. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, I don't it's want costly. to live with nobody. Yeah, I want to flip a house. I want to do it two or three times and all that stuff, but I don't want all that other stuff because I, I'm not getting the thing that, not for novelty's sake, but the thing that's worth striving for. Mm. And that's seeing if I can try my damnedest to stop some generational cycles. Mm-hmm. Just just for the fuck fuck's sake, for a home run sake, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just try. Mm-hmm. If if I could if you could do that, then all the other stuff I can put up with. You know what I mean? You want the, you know, the 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 game night parties and all mm-hmm. that. I'm just like yeah, when's this market gonna go up? Like, yeah, because that I've had enough of all the other, you know what I yeah. mean? But I was telling him about that because he's always teasing me, like, man. When you gonna marry that girl? When you gonna marry that girl? He's an old country boy. But we got real serious in this talk on Wednesday, and he was like, oh, oh, so okay, so let, let me take some of the things. I'm just kidding with you. You ain't gotta, you ain't got you know, marry anybody if you don't want to get married. He said, but you gotta stop the bullshit. Yeah, you, know, you can't. I was like. Thanks. I was like, man, <laughs> you know what I mean? I didn't know that which one I was doing. Yeah. You know, I'm like, so, all right. I'll just, I'll, every now and then I'll be lonely. Every now and then I'll feel bad, you know, maybe. But, like, I can't, for the same ego's sake, I can't be a person that's making other people's lives miserable. I don't want to be yeah. some dude that, you know what I mean? I see people like that, I, mm-hmm. I think. Like, they just... Like wow, y'all really beating each other up mutually insured destruction. Yeah, mutually insured destruction. That's not necessary, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. All right, guys. I think we've we've gone a good in good length on this. I think that the rabbit episode and girth. That was obligatory. That was obligatory, (laughs) bro. I think that these rabbit hole episodes are something that uh, we need to continue doing. And I think it's one of the things that it's going to do for us in like our normal episodes is that it's going to allow us to stay more on on that on the topic that we're talking about because yeah. I it makes me want to save everything for this episode. Yeah, and I didn't you know even what I'm saying? It, like honestly, like I don't we made no active bids to like let's get back on topic. We just went with it. And yeah. I think that Honestly, in yeah. doing that, we stayed on motherfucking we stayed on topic. topic. Kind of, yeah. yeah. And maybe it'll be good for... Um, I need a lot of practice to so everyone sure. listening. I, I heard myself, and it, you learn a lot about yourself. 
um, when you hear yourself talk. Yes. And I know yes. I, I mush words together and I skip over things like, and so it'll get better. Yeah. I'll slow down. It'll get better. But maybe these episodes will help with that. And maybe it will also give birth to some other more streamlined, more direct yes. topics. Um, and um, yeah, and if, if it's agreeable with the audience, I, I, I could, it's fun. I like it. I Good. can do it. Yeah, he, he's, he's definitely it. going down hey, the rabbit hole. We're going to stay in it. Yeah, we're yeah. definitely going to stay in it with you, man. All right, guys, do we have any shameless shout outs or anything? Well, uh, again, always got to give a shout out to Tyler Young yep. at Grade 8 Performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, he placed second at, uh, was it USS Nationals? Yeah. Now he's going to India to Yes, which, oh got, which got him a fucking invite to go and compete at the world's strongest man in India in the 90 kilogram category. Yeah. He, he'll be the world's strongest guy in India anyway. But <laughs> I don't know. They some donkey brolic dudes I over there. I haven't seen any. Dude, they are all about some gear over there. Oh, they take tests? Oh, they run all kind of gear in that motherfucker. You should really? see. Yeah, you should look up like bodybuilders in India and there's some donkey brolic motherfuckers. Pakistan is known for having some hellacious power lifters too. Yeah. And you know, that's, well, that, those play, that's down yeah, the street. Yeah, that is down the street. That is. That is. Did um, know yeah. Did you uh did you have any shameless shout outs or anything? Um no, I don't think so. Oh okay. and, and we we gotten away from it. Uh, but let's give a shout out to Ryan Hines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, CEO with, underscore Oxology Labs. Yeah, yeah. We, we I think this is gonna be the type of episode that he'd want to jump on as well. Oh yeah, point. he'd love his shit. Yeah. Um who else have we got? Uh Shout out to Bartley Weaver. Yes, yes. Um, always. Fuel he's doing, Nutrition, Josh Biggs. Yeah, they're all doing, doing their thing. Yes. Uh, what is it? Uh, Dream Weaver Fitness? Yep, Dream Weaver Fit. Yep. Um, for uh, Bartley Weaver, check I him out. I hope that he can compete. I don't know. If, I haven't talked to him in a bit, but I don't know if he's qualified for the Nathan's hot dog eating thing. I hope he has, but uh, we'll see. Would you see that? Because that dude can eat like crazy. He can. Do you see where it, it, that big mug was uh, it, down to 4%? Per- Wait, he's up to four yeah, percent body fat, he said. I'm like, damn, fat. you yeah. up to four yeah. percent? And uh, here, let me tell you this, man. Last night, and I've got to give a shout out to them because I normally I don't like doing this, but uh, we went to Smoky Bones for the first time uh, since it had been since you burned it down. Since I burned it down, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so uh, I haven't to all my friends who have made smoked chicken wings. To all the people that I've told you. Those are some of the best wings I've ever had. After tomorrow, after last night, uh, I want to apologize because I lied to you. Uh, your wings are shit. Um, <laughs> these smoked smoked chicken wings that I had with this rub because I, I like rubs, not sauces. You know what I'm saying? And they had this rub on there, and these were sm- wings that, and it, they're the types that like when you get them later on in the night, that's when you know they're better. Do you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. they've been smoking for so long, and they're just beautiful. They're tender. They taste so good. And oh, my good God. So I ate 16 of those bitches, right? I got a 16-piece. I got some of their uh, sweet potato waffle fries and a bowl of coleslaw. And uh, it was game over for me, man. It was so, That so, sounds delicious. It was yeah. delicious. Didn't that place always do good food, though? Did, I didn't smoke? think so. Okay. Well, it, I get it and, mixed up with the one closer to the high school, like further... Uh, further um, north on Scottsford Road. Yeah. Which one is it? Uh, the one that's also the people at Camel Lane own it to uh, The get Montana Grill or something like that? Well, did we have a Montana Grill? We got one here. I'll get it mixed up. There's two. The one that does the bison burger really good. 
That's Montana. That's Grill. Montana Grill. Okay. Yeah. yeah well, I and I, and I will say to be fair, and this is for accountability's sake for everybody, a restaurant we can very conservatively give you a good review on a specific thing like that because a restaurant's only as good as the motherfucker that's executing it yes. in the back. So. Yeah. You could have got there on a good day where yeah. King Dingaling was like showing love to chicken yeah. wings and stuff, oh and my then God. somebody else could come in they there and it's, absolute trash. Yeah, and they're not pour, yeah, so pouring also, their hearts instead of the restaurant. Say to the chef, to the, to, to the chef, and then and then we're gonna put you on the spot like you've you've set a precedent yeah. at Smoky Bones. Mm. Keep that shit running because yeah. if it sucks, we're gonna tell yeah, you. Yeah, we're gonna tell you. Yeah, it was it was it was fantastic. It was Man. truly fantastic. Some of the it, it was the best smoked wings. And I think there's different between like chicken wings and like smoked chicken wings. You know what I'm saying? Like fried and smoked, obviously. But man, you can taste the smoky flavor. Like everything that they put in it, you can taste right there in every yeah. bite. And it was, wow. it was incredible. And and I wanna say, and I know that this is all the way down in Florida, but I want to give a shameless shout out to a restaurant called Sea Salt that's okay. in um, uh, St. Petersburg. It fresh caught. Bro, it was everything fresh as fuck. Um, it's kind of an upper tier. Did you get but, the catch of the day? Well, I got the sommelier's choice uh-huh. of oysters. Oh, so they put and, wine and stuff in there? Well, well the, no, the sommelier. Oh, that's sommelier. No, they're the same. Okay. It's the same word. But sommelier is normally assigned to being able to discern between you know the different notes of wines and things. Yeah, yeah. A sommelier is a big oh, process. You know, you take a test. Blind test, yeah. and you have to identify the different notes, whether it's oaky yeah, or whatever. For people that have that sophisticated that palate. palate, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the sommelier, the concept of the sommelier as it's applied to this flight of different species and locations of oysters that were brought to gotcha. the table, it's the same fucking concept because these different breeds of oysters, in conjunction with their location, yeah. elicited different textures and flavors and notes, and it was incredible. Yeah. And Kaylee had never, she's had raw oysters before, but she never had all these different varieties laid out in front of her so she could discern, like, this is a brinier one, Mm. this one has a seaweed quality, this one's sweet, this one's tender. And I watched the look on her face, like, as she was trying the different oysters, like, holy shit, there's as much difference between these as it is bottles of wine. So I got to give a shout out to, and they were shucked well, presented well, everything. Um, it's what I fucking expect when I go out to motherfucking eat mm-hmm. and spend a yeah. hundred to two hundred dollars. Yeah. But shout out to Sea Salt in St. Petersburg, Florida. Yeah. Y'all did well. Our server, I can't remember his name. Uh, I think he was uh, from some Russian lineage or mm-hmm. a pretty significant yeah. Russian population down there in St. Yeah, Petersburg. Saint Pete. um, but it's a melting pot down there. There's a lot of Italian restaurants, uh, big Italian population, big Latino population. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, again, shameless shout out to Sea Salt in St. Petersburg, Florida. Keep up the good work with the sommelier's choice of nice. oysters. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, yeah, that's all I've got. You know, so uh, uh, guys, if you want to get more content from us, check out uh, our website www.thesalumis.com. If you want to look at some of our, or listen to other episodes, you can go on there. Just hit slash uh, podcast, or you can click on the link that says listen. It'll have a huge library of all the things that we, we've we talked about. Uh, again, one of the things that we want to be able to do is frame our episodes. And I'll probably be going through and renaming our different episodes so that our podcast serves more as a library. So when you want to go to something, you don't have to sit there and 
try and figure out from the title of it, yeah. like, what is this about? Because I took time to make some clever name. You know, I wanted to say, like, this is what this topic is about. So if you want to go and learn to it, you can use us as, like, a library as a reference of learning or just understanding uh, any kind of things that we have going on in our heads. Um, I want us to be a, a resource, not just a podcast. And so uh, that's that's essentially uh, my end goal for what for what we're doing here. So uh, I'm going to give this episode a listen and figure out exactly what is the what we're going to call this. I guess I mean we may call it down the rabbit hole, but I think that we've while we've gone through this episode, we, there's been an overarching theme oh, that yeah. has kind of been there. And yeah, so, it, it's pretty it's pretty clear, but we'll yeah. we'll get to that. Yeah, and so once I get to that point, I'll we'll give this one a name. So. Uh, Obviously, um, uh, we got Father's Day tomorrow. Um, today is Saturday, so I want to give a shout out to my dad. Um, and then uh, you keep doing your thing, Dad. I, I don't. I'll, I'll I'll send him a message and we'll talk and all that kind of stuff. He doesn't listen to the podcast, so there's no. Yeah, my dad. My dad. Don't, I bet you Earl Kilborn didn't even know what the fuck a podcast. <laughs> yeah, is. He's, uh-huh. like, he's like, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, that sounds like some whole shit. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want nothing to That's do with Earl Kilborn. He'll look at you like what? Yeah. So there's no point. So. uh you guys enjoy your enjoy your week. Uh, kick all the ass as usual. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, if you want to talk shit, at us at, uh, at yeah. the Salumas Podcast on Instagram. If you uh, have questions that you want answered by our contributor Mark, even yes, give us a shout on yeah, that. I, I would love that. Yes, shout absolutely. out to Gemini's. In yeah, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> uh, our our Sorry, next baby. episode is uh, is going to be a, a, a pretty serious one. It's going to be on addiction, and uh, so I'm very excited to get our, our two guests to come into to this episode mm-hmm. and, and tell their story. And uh, so be ready for that one. That's going to be next week, and uh, we'll let you guys have the rest of your day. You guys enjoy it, and we. Are out. Peace. Peace.